0: Hello and welcome to Really Well Women. With me, clinical somatic educator Heidi Hadley and naturopathic doctor Sarah Wilson. Really Well Women is here to educate, empower and enhance the health and well-being of women who have many demands and yet they want to take care of themselves from the inside out. Enjoy our podcast as we delve into all areas of health and well-being. So are you ready to find out more? Let's get started.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to our Foundations of Health series. So today we're going to be talking about routines and habits, which is something that we all, to be honest, take for granted in our day-to-day life. And routines and habits can either work with us or against us. So the the times we often think about routines and habits is when we're trying to make a change. So you've decided that you want to incorporate movement or exercise, depending on our last episode, which one you're allowed to do, um, (laughs) into your day-to-day life. And so you're trying to figure out where to do that so that it doesn't always get dropped. And so oftentimes you're like, okay, I'll put it in after I go to work, which is part of a routine or habit, going to work, right? Um, But they can also work against us. So I hear so often from people that – On their way to work, there's a Starbucks, right, or a coffee shop. And so they always stop there and get breakfast. And I'm like, okay, well, couldn't you implement a different change or or make something? And they're like, yeah, but it's just part of my day to day routine, is what I'm doing. So in that situation, it's working against them because they're wanting to make a change, but they're so used to stopping that their car almost stops itself. Um, (laughs) And so today, we're really gonna break down why habits and routines are so important, how they show up in our day-to-day life and how to work with them so that you can implement the change and and
0: have the fundamental aspect of health in place. It's brilliant. That's right, Sarah. And because the thing is a habit is a function of our subconscious mind, isn't it? And, And I often look and say to people that our subconscious mind is shown in our entire body. So we can see what we do on a regular basis, what our habits are, what we do. You know, you can tell people that work out at the gym. You can tell people that work at a desk for long hours at a time. There's all different things like that. You can see how subconsciously a habit has been formed and created um, an appearance within their body, for instance. So the thing is as well that over time, We've got these connections in our brain called synapses, and uh, they can become so well defined um, from a particular habit. So, it could be a good habit, it could be a not so good habit. And, and what happens is that it, there's something called pruning. So, our brain is constantly pruning, a bit like you prune the hedge. You know, if you're not using certain synapses enough, the, the brain will prune or cut those away. So then, what we're ending up with is very clear, defined connections of habits that we do all the time. So eventually, what was once a conscious action becomes subconscious because it's done so often, it's second nature. As you said, people just do it. It's you know stopping at Starbucks. That's what they do because it's the pruning process has created that as their habit. Um, and and I, for a moment, if you if the listener can think about this. The habits that we do subconsciously we wake up we roll out of bed the same side we probably go off and brush our teeth with the same hand the same movement then we might pop to the toilet or whichever way around it is then you go into the shower you've probably got a routine of how you shampoo your hair you put your shower gel on then you do your conditioner or whatever it is come out you dry your hair you have your breakfast get into the car or mode of transport, go to work, sit at the same desk, do the same (laughs) actions, go home, do the same. It's all subconscious actions. And that is what creates that change and molding of the habits. So it is... Oh, sorry. I was going to say... say, And so when you do ask somebody and you challenge them, it's actually quite a big thing to ask somebody to break what has been a comfort for them. It's a habit, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's not
1: just comfort. It's also... Like decision fatigue is such a real thing in today's <laughs> day and age. We are forced to make so many decisions. And so these things give us calm. They give us clarity. They help us to think clearly because you can actually put them to the back of your mind, um, which makes them even harder to change if they're working against you. But when you get them in place, that's what that's where health happens, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not having the decision fatigue. You're not being like, okay, do I eat this or do i eat this it's just you fundamentally go and eat the thing that you know is going to nourish you or you take the pills or do whatever you need to be doing to get yourself to the place that you want to be and so that's also why it can feel so hard to change these habits because all of a sudden you have to make a decision again and then your cognition is focusing on something you're you're not as calm and clear because you're having to go outside of your zone of ease really and take the path of more resistance
0: and that's the thing, because with these podcasts, it's about supporting people. And we all know, don't we, that we're all under a lot of pressure a lot of the time. And sometimes at that point, it's like, do you know what? I just don't think I'm in the right headspace to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that you kind of know at that point, because sometimes you're like, this is meant to be, you know, something comes along and you're like, now I need to make that change. Um, because the subconscious is amazing. And we live most of the time in our subconscious. I mean, um, I don't know if you've done this, Sarah, or if the listeners have, but um, you know, if you ever driven to work and you think, how did I get here? And it terrifies you because you're like, very (laughs) scary. (laughs) Could I have hit someone? What is happening? Yeah. And that's it. And you just think, because we've got so much going on in our lives. And if you add to that, you might have children in the back that are all squabbling and you've got to get them off to kindy or get some school or whatever it is. It's just added stuff. So what we want to do is create supportive, proactive measures that we can bring in realistically into our activities. Isn't it really? Because there's,
1: Yeah. And you speak of children because it's just so funny. Like now being a mom, my son at the time of recording is eight months old. You don't realize how important these habits are in your day-to-day life either until you have a child because he has his routine and he has things the way he likes them. And with the holiday season, going outside of that routine, naps, went downhill. He went from sleeping for two hours to half an hour. He always wants comfort. He always wants to be held. And it's because he's just so unsure of what's going to happen next. He can't predict it. He doesn't have that comfort. And we're the same. We are just big babies. Um, And so exactly. And so it's just so critical that we look at our children, but then reflect back on ourselves and be like, do we have these habits in place that are giving us the comfort and security that we actually want from them?
0: Yeah. And, and interestingly, a lot of those habits and routines that we have, we've just developed them from childhood, from seeing our role models often, because there's something called mirror neurons. And the mirror neurons are basically, they were discovered by neurologists and neuroscientists. And what they noticed is that if you spend long enough with somebody, you start to mimic their habits, their behaviors, their way that they walk. Have you ever seen a father and son walk together? And they've got the same walk. And, and also you've got mother and daughter, and they might have the same mannerisms. Those are all subconscious things that are happening because the nervous system is absorbing all that information all the time. So that is our what we would say we're normal. But what is normal? But that's basically our conditioning. But sometimes that conditioning, uh, I've seen clients come into here to clinic And basically you've got a mother that may have a hip issue and she stands a particular way and walks a particular way. And then a daughter comes in and she's standing in the same way. And she's starting to say, I've got the same hip issues as my mom and back issues. I don't want to turn into the aches and pains my mom has got, but you think unless we, we break those habits and the conditioning, they're actually just going to follow that same route. That's that whole nature nurture thing. And that's all again, mirror neurons plays a massive role. Yeah. It's so, it's so fascinating how it's that really all connects together. Yeah.
1: But yeah, the other thing I often will tell people is how to use those habits um, mm-hmm. for you as opposed to against you. Right. Cause we're talking about all the ways that they show up in your life, but if you're trying to make a change, identifying and being mindful of those habits can be so key. So I will give people um, a habit tracker as an activity. I'm sure there's an app for it, um, but you can also just know what you're doing at all the different points in the day. So just like Heidi was saying, you get up, you roll out of bed, you brush your teeth, you go to the washroom, you shower. Um, Tracking those things throughout the course of a day is a really good place to input. So we talked um, previously about movement and the importance of moving throughout your day. Um, We're going to be talking in the future about the importance of drinking water and eating healthy foods. So if you're saying like, I will have patients where I'm like, okay, you know what? If you have a habit of checking your phone at every break, then you put in a rule where you drink water before you check your phone. Or for me, for example, I drink a ton of water, so I don't need to do this, but it's something that I still do. I drink water before coffee always. So I will not let myself wake up in the morning and drink coffee. I have to drink a certain amount of water before I can do that because that's part of my habits and my routines. Um, and so really identifying what you're doing throughout the day can open up a key to so much magic because then you can tack on the habit that you want to add to the one that you already
0: have. Yeah, it is. And, and that's where I was also thinking about You mentioned that also about the psychology side of things. And I'd like to discuss it maybe after the break, we could discuss a little bit more about how breaking habits on a psychological level still has a huge profound effect on our physiological side of things. So should we discuss that after the break? Absolutely. Do you feel that tight muscles are affecting your movement and posture? Do you feel that you have recurring pain or injuries? Would you like to know how to reduce pain, improve your posture, increase your mobility and develop mindfulness? Allow me to teach you the Total Somatics approach to health and wellness within my online program. In the comfort of your own home and at a time that suits you, we can start creating healthy changes. To learn more, go to totalsomatics.com. So just before the break, we started talking about how or we were going to start to consider now um, how the psychology uh, can also be affected with habits and rituals. And so if we think about it, sometimes, again, from conditionings, from childhood or from learned behaviours, we can start to develop a habit um, within our mind of a thought pattern. So we've talked before about limiting beliefs and belief systems. And what can happen is, is that it can be like a broken record and a disempowering belief can continue to just cycle around in our head. And what happens then is that it translates into our nervous system, starts to affect our gut, inflammation, our posture, muscle tension, lack of movement, everything. So with this, I'd really like to um, bring in about the psychology of habits. Um, and we were just talking before we came on to record about how It's a really important thing to develop, especially if you're a new mom. Um, because what can happen is, is that you've gone from a, a busy life with maybe um, identity of a being in a job and having different roles happening. Then all of a sudden, with sleep deprivation and and a little baby that doesn't come with an instruction manual, you're thinking, "What the hell am I doing?" You know. And so then, what happens? More is, than is that, once in a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then what happens is that those habits, if we've already got some disempowering thoughts and beliefs, you can see how they start to layer, and then it can. start Start to affect her emotional health and and that's where i the, with some because i teach uh, infant massage as well so i do a lot of the psychology with infant massage with the parents as well And I'll often say to the parents, if you, especially if it's the mom, it's the main one at home, can you get out and can you just walk around the block every day, break the habit, get out as soon as you feel that you've got negative thoughts coming. And we're talking different to negative thoughts that may need some medical intervention. We're talking about when you're just feeling quite flat and low and you're just ruminating on on things that aren't very proactive or positive. Can you get out? Just start to talk to people, like go to the shops and break that habit. Because when you do that, you break that cycle, that what we call a neurofeedback loop, where you've got this constant humming or this broken record type thing that's going on in the background. That's how we need to do it. We need to do something to actually remove ourselves from a situation to um, bring in the prefrontal cortex again. So we start to focus, aware, concentration, decision-making. We bring those actions back in. And it's really easy too, as a new
1: mom, to feel completely disempowered in a situation and to feel like, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. I've a meeting with my life coach coming up because my routine has not gone back to the way it was because you can feel like you are almost a victim or you're subject to your baby's day because you're so priority, like your priority is that little human. And so if they have a bad night and they're up three times, then you can't get up in the morning and take care of yourself the way you would want to before they wake up. Right. Mm -hmm. And because the best thing you can do for yourself in that moment is sleep. And so as much as it can still feel out of your control, there are still little things that you can do. And I'm as guilty as everyone else for needing to remind myself of that and for catching myself in those triggers. Cause what happens is you get a trigger, and then you go forward into that pattern, right? So the trigger might be 10 o'clock in the morning and you want to go have a break if you don't like for not talking about in the context of a baby, right? Um, and then you do something. A trigger in this situation, what I'm using as a trigger, is my baby going down for a nap. So I've decided that that nap time, my habit is going to be getting in movement, is going to be getting some passion projects done, right? So you can choose how you use that. Whereas sometimes that, trigger, you're like, okay, I'm so behind on everything that needs to be done. I have to do the dishes. I have to do the laundry. I have to do this. I have to do that. And those things might need to get done. But what might be more important is you taking five minutes for yourself to do something that makes you feel healthier and like a better version of
0: yourself. And that's absolutely right. Cause I'll often say to clients, um, you know, flying a lot interstate with somatics and things like that, that I always make it an effort to listen to the safety features at the beginning. You know, when they're saying the exits are here and here and here, Because it made me think once, and I've mentioned this to clients since, that what's the first thing in an emergency that they want you to do? They want you to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help other people. And I often think that's exactly the same thing in life. So either being a mother or overseeing um, people at work or whatever it is, wherever we are we look after ourselves first. That's the somatic living. That's the way to live. You know, we notice ourselves first. We care for ourselves because when we look after ourselves and it's not a selfish practice whatsoever, it's actually self-care. We'd be saying it to somebody else. If we could see they, that they were getting burnt out, for instance, they look after themselves first. And then we've got the energy and we're in the right headspace to look after other people. Even if it's just five minutes. Exactly. And you talk about mirroring, right? And this is something that
1: I have to tell myself constantly is my son watches my every movement. I respond, I also remind, remind my husband of this all the time because my husband loves his cell phone more than me some days, I swear to God. <laughs> and so I remind him, I'm like, the baby is watching you all the time, mm-hmm. right? I remind myself to put my phone away when I'm spending time with him so that I can be present and I'm on the floor and getting drooled on and playing around and doing all the mom things, right? Because they are watching us. And so we have to put ourselves first. We have to take time away. Like I have to get out of the house and have my adult time. I have to do these things because if I don't do that, and I'm showing to my child that it is okay to give all of yourself to someone, then I fear that they're going to do that for someone and burn themselves out too, right? So it really is important. And again, this is not to guilt anyone. This is just to say, these are the foundations. These are the fundamental things we need to do to be healthy. And we need to start taking these things off bit by bit by bit. And sometimes I'll tell patients, choose one thing every month. And have Mm -hmm. it be additive, right? So if the first habit you want is to drink water because it's going to give you more energy and take away some brain fog, great. We add that in one month. And you do that for the whole month. Then you add the second thing, right? So again, we're not saying make all of these changes and take all of these foundations and put them in place piece by piece. Binge listen by all means to everything we have to say because we're brilliant. And
0: then go back and listen to one of them at the beginning of every month and just put these things in place, right? That's exactly right. Cause they're little steps. It, that's another thing is if we're of a personality, it's like, we've got to take it all on now. We've got to do it now. There's the pressure. We're putting the pressure on again. And you know, for different reasons, we've, again, it's about nurturing and looking after ourselves. And you think, what's the next best thing that I can bring in? What's the next step? What can I add in? And often if you look back at your lifestyle, I mean, I see this with clients. They're in their 50s and their 60s and they live healthier now than they did in their 20s. And those those actions, the diet, the exercise, the movement, the mindset work, the time out that they create now... That came over the years. And you know what? You have your peaks and troughs. You do really well and you fall off the wagon. But the point is you've already started to change those connections, those synapses in your brain. So when you pick it back up, it's actually easier to do because you've got that memory bank there and we've just got to keep working on pruning away the old habits and bringing in the good habits. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So have you got some takeaway points that we can bring in here to just close everything up? Yeah, absolutely. I would say really
1: my thing is one, look what you're doing in a day right so spend a day and just write down everything you're doing and i it's funny because i train naturopathic doctors as well and so i'll tell them from an entrepreneur entrepreneurial perspective to so look at all they're doing in a day and look for time that they could better use but we can do this with habits as well and be like where is something that we can add on so if you brush your teeth take your supplements right before you brush your teeth so we can use what we are already doing to build on and add positive things and i really like an overwhelm method because i always say health stress is still stress- stress. So before you try to take away all the habits that you would view as bad habits, why don't we add something in first? And so you make those positive steps. You feel reinforced that you can do it and then you work on that. Um, so that's step one is going to be make that habit tracker. Step two is going to be introduce a positive habit. And then step three is just really ground yourself in some kind of routine. And as much as everyone's like, oh, my life's like Groundhog's Day." Those people are also oftentimes the most productive, right? Because they're putting so many things on autopilot and they're making the decisions they need to make. And that's why all of like, not all, but a lot of like the Apple CEO, Facebook CEO, they wear the same clothes all the time, right? Because they don't want to have to make those decisions. And we can do that with our health too. We can put those things on autopilot.
0: And, and I, that's the thing is kind of tying in with yours is that actually when you do create that structure, you do feel that you're in much more control instead of subconscious actions just taking over. And look at the example with your little one there that basically when you take him out of a habit or a routine, in this sense, it's a good routine or a good habit he feels nervous or anxious or just not quite right because we do we thrive on a healthy good ritual and that's what we've got to do is habits aren't a bad thing it's just making sure that they're healthy habits basically so I'd be looking at that and just saying, can we create healthy habits? If our mind is starting to ruminate on negativity, can we change things? Maybe we've got a, like an elastic band that's on our wrist and we can just flick that as a bit of a stimulus. Maybe it could be if we're at work, get up, go to the water cooler, go to the toilet, break, whatever it is that you're doing. If you're at home, go for a walk around the block, whatever it is, just change. Just let things break that broken record that's going on in the, in your head just to change and and get rid of that habit. And then the other thing is, if if we've got a habit of say slumping at the computer, and again we're going to talk about this in future um, as, as we recorrect our posture. <laughs> we're both sitting up now. We're like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> but if we if we um if we've got a habit of being slumped at the computer a lot, then basically maybe we could do some seated pandiculations, which again, um I go into detail within the online programme, but you know, we can also put more information show notes about that side of things. But if we can pandiculate, then we can make those changes changes so that we're not getting caught in tight muscular contractions that start to change our posture and then start to affect us in lots of other ways and then the, the, the other one is variety is the spice of life can we change things up i know we're always on a bit of a timeline with getting to work and knowing the, the quickest way with traffic but is there a little bit of a detour we could do on the way home or on the way to work is there a different car parking space we can park in can we go into the office a slightly different way all those sorts of things can we just break it because again it's just freshening our brain up so that we live more consciously, more mindfully. Maybe when we're walking across the car park to work, we're looking up at the trees instead of looking down at our phone. Maybe we're just sensing and smelling the air. Is it fresh and damp and cold? Or have we got a warm breeze that's blowing as the sun beating down on our face? All those sorts of things just bring us into more of a mindful practice because we're paying attention instead of living subconsciously.
1: And as much as you guys may roll your eyes at that little bit, I can tell you Heidi is one of the best people I know who does that. <laughs> I, get, <laughs> I get plenty of photos of the beautiful view that she has across from her work, which is a beach. And oh, so okay. she is very in the moment. And I, th- I use that <laughs> as an example personally to just remind myself to like check in and what's going on um,
0: mm-hmm. because it can make such a huge impact in your day. And it, it doesn't cost yeah. anything. That's the thing is that every day when I drive to work, I'm very fortunate to live near the beach, you know, to to work so close, 500 meters. Um, Don't brag, don't brag, we do not brag right now. (laughs) It is (laughs) very cold here right now. (laughs) (laughs) But every day I drive down the hill and I go, what color is the ocean going to be today? It's a little thing like that. It doesn't sound much, but I go, what color is it today? That makes me, I'm still watching the road by the way, but I'm looking and thinking, what is the color today? Because it's things like that. It's a gratitude practice that makes such a difference. Um, and then when I, I can make that time at lunchtime and I'll pop down there and it might be for a few moments and you've probably seen on, on Facebook or Instagram, the dolphins. And I was like, wow, that's magic. And that, those sorts of things just make your day. Absolutely. Wherever we are. On that note, we better finish because <laughs> we will continue going on and on and on because it's such a fantastic subject of habits and rituals. But as we've said before, it'll all keep tying in with future podcasts.
1: Absolutely. And as we are talking about that, next time we're going to talk about a pet passion of mine, which is the gut and inflammation and how that is so foundational to everything. So I'm really excited to share that because I used to be a microbiome researcher. So there's lots of fun things we can get into. And again, it will always link back to everything we've talked about before.
0: Thank you for joining us today. To learn more, go to reallywellwomen.com and connect with us. Also spread the word so we can increase the feeling of really well women all around the world. So until next time, take care.